Japan 2.0. I'm Matt, and this is David, and today we're going to talk about SUMA. Which is topical,、uh, because where are we? Well, we're in SUMA.、Yeah. <laughs> uh, SUMA is in、uh, Kansai. It's、okay. in、uh, Hyogo, actually. Yeah, Hyogo is a prefecture. It's part of Kobe. It's like one of the subsections of Kobe, the west side of Kobe. So if you know about Kobe beef,、um, you're not far from SUMA. There you are, yeah. I think SUMA is somewhere. I can't imagine anyone else covering it like we're gonna cover it today. This is a world exclusive SUMA coverage, but it's a really, really unique place. I often wonder if like Tokyo has an equivalent to this because when I see the people here, I just imagine Shibuya people. Like these are totally the people we think of Shibuya, like party people clubbing at night. This is like their beach. And the funny thing is that actually, I think maybe the second episode we're gonna record today, which Preview、uh, will be about America Mora in Osaka. I think this is probably where they come to hang out in the summer. Oh, definitely.、Yeah. You definitely see people in Osaka that have the, the tans and the clothes, you know, like the more like beach bum kind of clothes going on. Yeah, yeah. And if you're, if you know, if their skin is like that, that I would say beet red, <laughs> you know, or I guess it's, it's a it's dark like a red. Yeah, red. it's like a tan, a tan covered in beet red. Maybe a mauve is more more <laughs> yeah. appropriate. Yeah, yeah. It's but、like、a tan covered in beet red with a match of、uh, orangey hair, like a, a dye a blonde dye job gone wrong, I guess. Yeah. Or super sand. Yeah, I guess it's just bleached hair. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe、uh, um, those those type of people, it, it must go to. Uh, Suma every every so often, yeah. And this is also a subject close to home because、uh, this is this is your home. This is my home. Yeah, I, I didn't necessarily choose it. It was、um, birthed upon me. But I'm I love like I love living here. It was the biggest shock to me about Japan、um, when we set out to do this show and to do the whole idea. There were so many things about Japan that I just had never read about, and I spent years of my life reading about Japan. Um, as we talked about in our intro episode, and like my home where I live, my arm station in Japan, is just this place I didn't know anything about. It's a whole culture unto itself. It's kind of the opposite of everything you read about Japan or what I thought Japan would be. You know,、um, so in a lot of ways we've been I've been waiting a long time to do this episode. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely something that hasn't, like you said, been covered very、yeah. often. I mean, I never heard about Suma before.、Um, You moved here, yeah, and I don't know if you could find very much information on Suma. So I just started like YouTubing it when I knew I was gonna. This is my spot where I was gonna be stationed. I had a lot of time to get ready, and just started searching it and searching it, and、um, not much came up. And actually, YouTube was like the most informing of anything, and there wasn't a lot. There wasn't people like walking around describing it. But what I saw was just a ton of partying going on the beach, or like videos of guys.、Um, Picking up girls, a lot of like Western guys walking around and videos that weren't really、um, representative of a place that I would want to live. 
And to this day, it's how I describe it, but it was my first reaction when I saw it, which is kind of like the Jersey Shore, if you're familiar with that horrible MTV show. Um, it's kind of like the Jersey Shore of Japan in a lot of ways. It, it, it reminds me a lot of, um, you know, the MTV beach parties they used to yeah, have. like that Cancun in Mexico. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it, in a lot of ways, it's like that on a small scale. Yeah, it's not as wild or as crazy, but for Japan, relatively, compared to what you see in everyday life here, it's, it's a pretty crazy place. Well, we should probably set a, uh, set a picture or make a picture for our listeners because, yeah. you know. We always jump in really detailed and then we kind of zoom out <laughs> right it's right become our style because we get all excited i think yeah we will there's a lot to talk about and it all just kind of comes out you know <laughs> so i think um i mean to give you an idea of what sumo looks like um you know it's it's not the biggest beach in the world but it is a beach that's in a um i, I don't know what would you call that uh encove or encove en- or enclave enclave it is actually really long I don't know. I'd guess it's like over a, a mile long, but it's concentrated in certain areas. So there's these long strips where you don't really see people hanging out and it's still a beach, you know? Um, but there's kind of like two or three main spots where people gather. But yeah, it is this like in- enclave. There are like breakers out there, concrete breakers. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's like tsunami protection or, or what exactly, but it doesn't really paint the prettiest picture when you look out, you know? You just see, like, these big concrete barriers out there. No, but the, the beach itself is not that bad. And actually, the view from the beach is, is pretty nice, too, because you get to see, um, what is it, uh, Waraji, what is the name of the island? Awaji Island. Awaji Island. So if you look across, you can see Wakayama, you can see Osaka. I mean, technically, it's Osaka Bay is where we are. Um, and there's, like, mountains going out into the ocean which Matt's going to cover the collision of ocean and mountains a little bit later in a form that you'll never predict but um, I think it's really nice and what it reminded me of when I first saw it I come from Michigan we're surrounded by lakes but not ocean it reminded me of like Hawaii to be honest I just saw like these mountainous very green tree covered mountains going into the water it was really exotic and nice and like the water is, is not crystal blue or anything but, I don't know, to someone who comes from a landlocked place, it's awesome. That being said, most people who I work with are Australian, and they think the water quality is, is horrible and the beach quality is horrible. I don't know, you're from California, you're from L.A., like... I think it's comparable to, like, California beaches, I yeah. think, because uh, California beaches, you don't really see, like, into the water, you know? It's always kind of brown or, or you know, like a darker color. Yeah. Um, you can't see your feet if you walk in, you know, and a lot, especially the California beaches, like the Los Angeles beaches, mm. um, Venice and Santa Monica, Long yeah, yeah. Uh, Long Beach. And um, if you go up north, you know, to like the, the northern California, you could get some beautiful nice beaches. Places. But yeah, but I think um, Suma is very comparable to California, mm. uh, California beaches. Yeah. yeah. The yeah, ones, so at least, that are known for California. Everything is relative, so I think we've gathered. If you come from a nice beach, it's probably not that nice. But if you come from city beaches of a half, you know, a million and a half people, that's pretty comparable. But if you live in the city, if you live in the city in Osaka or, or Kyoto or uh, in Kobe, and you want to go to the beach, I don't think there's a beach that is, you know any closer yeah. that's any better. I think Suma is probably the best beach 
Um, I think it's the in, proximity it's like, to like the cities. I think it's like Kansai's beach, both for the culture and I think there probably are other closer beaches, but it really does have a beach vibe to it. Um, I always feel like I'm in Thailand or, or somewhere like good beach vacations I've gone to, to be honest. Again, the water quality is usually better in a beach location, but like they captured the vibe very well. And part of that is the stalls that get built yeah. every year. Yeah, yeah. And um, it, this is a seasonal thing that happens. And the so July and August only. Yeah. They build these, I guess, um, I would say huts on the beach or, or like small bars. Bigger than a hut. It's a temporary like wooden structure, but they're pretty big. It could, what, a lot of them could fit 100 some of them could fit up like yeah, I guess people. small. Once again, that's uh, that's relative, but yeah, yeah. Um, but there are these um, bars that they put on the beach, and mm-hmm. they're they're makeshift. I guess they build them every year, like you said, yeah. August and uh, July, July August, and um, they sell food and they have drinks, and it's very much a beach vibe, mm-hmm. you know, like very exotic feel to them yeah yeah and um they have djs sometimes yeah most of them have djs definitely every weekend there's lots of parties there's like those soap parties where they spray soap around and for me like i live here year-round and it's a very very quiet sleepy town you know not much ever goes on here you just see a lot of old people like most small towns in japan and then all of a sudden comes july and august and all these people come in and yeah all the local people people i work with and stuff they really really hate it um there's a lot of crackdown on like not uh being shirtless in town and can't wear bikinis in in the city they want you to like stay at the beach there's a bunch of police they employed this year to yell at people to put like their clothes on if they head into town um so it is just this this two-month culture and then sumo beach is nothing it's a fishing it's a fishing beach uh other than that and you still see that when (laughs) when even though the um, bars are out yeah there's still people fishing on the docks. Yeah, but it's like this weird dichotomy or this weird juxtaposition. Um, it's such a strong culture in that it's only it's just gone, you know, for 10 months out of the year. It's really fascinating. Well, maybe we should go into describing the party people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, we kind of did at the beginning, yeah, but yeah. Um, I think it's worth noting that, you know, yeah, the, the Suma Beach people are definitely Suma Beach people. They come every year. Yeah. Who knows what their jobs are? They like, start. They start up early. So like the the bars get built in July, and it's kind of funny. Like without the bars, there is no sumo beach culture. Like um, you would just think if you love this place and you like going there, there's a convenience store. Just go buy some drinks and buy some food and hang out on the beach, right? If you're a beach person. And but those beaches, the bars close at nine o'clock, and everyone just goes home at nine o'clock. No one lingers around and hangs out. Um, they're only open for two months and people only come for those two months and then they don't do their own thing. We, we go all the time cause I live so close to it and we're shocked that like, I mean, no one, no one goes there. We'll be the only people at the beach besides the fishing people in, two, in a week from now in July or sorry, August 10th, just 10 days, you know, after no one will be there anymore. Yeah. They um, really follow the rules. So they, yeah. Even though they are these like rebels and um, delinquents of society, they still follow the rules very, very strictly. <laughs> but yeah, they are very uh, special people. Well, I mean, you could tell. I mean, they, they all, a lot of them have bleached hair. You know, they're all, they all, the guys and men and women are, wear very, are very scantily clad at this time. So, yeah. like, 
I mean, we, we talk about Korea a lot, but it is relative to our experience. And I think it just shows you like how Japan compares to the rest of Asia. The beaches in Korea don't have that culture. And we went, I went to Hyundai beach, which is known as kind of a party beach. And I don't think I ever saw a Korean girl in a bikini. Very, very rarely. You know, there might've been like 5% of the girls wearing them and they were still, they still covered a good portion of their body, even though they were bikinis, you know, um, or that you'll see like, I don't even know, string bikinis. I don't know what they're called, but you see a lot of skin yeah. at this beach. I think too, the, um, if you, I've, I haven't been to a lot of beaches and a lot of beach towns in Japan, but yeah. from photos I've seen, you know, it's, it looks like people wear the full beach, like the full shirt, yeah, yeah, shirts and stuff. It doesn't look like they really go out like they would in, you yeah. know, in a in states, uh, or the states, yeah, yeah, or or in Europe or something. Yeah. But, I've been to a lot of public pools and I've never seen a girl. They all wear like, like you said, sleeves and. Uh, rash guards. Everyone's wearing yeah. rash guards. It's like the extreme opposite of a bikini. Yeah. Um, so I think that makes Sumo even more of a unique place. I mean, you see, we saw a lot of some guys recently, like those oh, bikinis yeah, as well. Yeah yeah, 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 for sure. There's the thong man that comes every year, and then yeah. we just saw we saw a guy naked the other day. Oh, we did, we did. Yeah, he was a DJ or something. Um, yeah, not representing DJ as well, but no, he was just making his friends laugh and stuff. But uh, yeah, for Japan, and this is kind of what we'll get into with the second half of our show, but for this very like conformist, strict society, Sumo is def- definitely some kind of like underground place that like just do the complete opposite, you know? Yeah. Um, which, I don't know, to me makes it really, really cool. And again, I'm always trying to defend it to the people that hate it around me, you know? Well, I think it's a, a great beach. I think it's um, it's a good place to hang out. It's a nice place to, if you're... If you're hungry, you go up on the uh, onto the bars and you, you buy some food. If you're thirsty, you go get some drinks, you know. Um, uh, the beach Price itself is the same as like any bar in Japan, you know. Like any bar, you're going to pay a little bit more for food or a little bit more than you would at the grocery store. But it's not marked up any higher than a normal bar. Yeah. And also, you were comparing it to like Jersey Shore or yeah, like yeah. Miami or something. Yeah. But even though it's kind of considered the wild beach i mean people are really respectful of your stuff i mean we leave our bags yeah. on the beach all the time and we go swimming and stuff and we mm-hmm. probably have like um you know some of our some personal items or some you know yeah. like valuable items in our bags and people tend to look out for each other you know i mean yeah. it doesn't seem like the kind of place where people are even though they're a little rowdy they're going to mess with your stuff I go a couple times a week all summer, and whenever I go in the water, I leave my wallet full of cash. We leave all of our stuff, and it's never been a problem at all. Like, I, our friend Tom, uh, been on the episode, the beer episode, he has said like he reckons like it's the friendliest people he's ever met in Japan, like the, the nicest people, you know. Well, people do seem to be a little more outgoing, you know. There's that that old um, saying that that it, it's like a Jap- Japanese people are like a hard. It's a hard exterior, like a shell. They're hard exterior, but once you crack that, you know, you get to know them and they're they're really personable and you can make a good friend. But I feel like Suma, when people come to Suma, the shell shell has been (laughs) obliterated, you know? And um, it it is similar to like, um, I don't know, it's just like people are very friendly. People will come talk to you. Um, Sometimes people, uh, the last time I was at the beach, 
um, this woman came up to us with her nieces and nephews oh, and was yeah, trying yeah. to get them to introduce themselves. Yeah. Um, and we tried to speak with them a little bit, but our Japanese still, you know, isn't up to snuff, yeah, quite yeah. up to snuff. And the, the children's English wasn't up to snuff either. I think Thomas thing is like the only place he's had someone buy him drinks in Japan, which sounds weird to say, but again, coming from Korea, it was kind of a common place for the people to treat foreigners and crazily like over the top well yeah and he had that happen there before um yeah every time i go every time i go someone always comes up and talks to me and it's very friendly and very nice and and cool um so yeah i guess like on the surface it does look like jersey shore but a lot of those negative connotations that we have it's the opposite people are nice no one's gonna mess with your stuff uh no one's getting that crazy drunk where, I mean, they pass out maybe, but they're not going to like bother you in any way. You don't feel there's violence. I do want to say like, I guess, and we'll take a, maybe a break after this, but it has a really, really negative image among Japanese people and in Japanese society. Um, like, I think there's been weed found there before, which is a big, big deal in Japan. Because of that, there's a lot of rules. There's no tattoos allowed on that beach. I think a lot of beaches have that rule. But um, there's, like, tattoo police that go around and, like, they don't kick you out, but they just ask you to cover it up. And then they turn a blind eye to it once they've asked you one time. They just, like, turn away and walk away. People will just take their shit off again and eye sight of them, but they don't do anything. Um, yeah, you can't do, like, fireworks. There's a lot of really strict rules there because of, like, things that have happened in the past. I have seen, like, condoms there on the beach before, which, again, in Japan, it's rare to see. I've seen it like with my my students too, which is very awkward. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, there's another thing I wanted to say about that. Oh, there was a fight in the convenience store this summer. Um, an umbrella fight. You know they sell umbrellas. Um, yeah. All these guys started busting out umbrellas. It was like seven guys. Um, and beating each other beating with each umbrellas. Other. Yeah, oh yeah. man. So um, again, relatively not big deals, but for Japan, those things are all good reason for it to kind of have this uh bad reputation yeah that's pretty extreme but but once again if you compared it to like the beaches that i used to go to you know i mean one one fight a year is not <laughs> with that umbrellas bad. yeah and not guns or knives yeah, exactly um, it's not that big of a deal yeah yeah but yeah. but for japan yeah i could see how it's but it's pretty know. serious i guess just because it's such a re reaction and so opposite from the rest of Japan, to me, it's just kind of like a welcome change. I, yeah, if Japan was like that all around, you know, I wouldn't, I'm not asking for that. But I think it's good to have like one place, you know, where people can cut loose a little bit, loose, express themselves a bit. I'm not saying fight or, or yeah. do drugs or anything, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think just you won't like, find any needles in the <laughs> in yeah. the sand, you know. I found uh, fake eyelashes, false eyelashes. <laughs> that's, that's all right. Yeah. Well, you see, like just the last time I was here, um, a woman passed was like passing out right in front of us. She was like falling down. Yeah, they threw her in the kiddie pool. Mm. They have these little pools at some of the bars. It's like children's pools. Yeah, that to go cool off in. You know, we talked about the girls and the guys like being scantily clad, but um, like other, I guess stereotype defiers at this beach are like Japanese guys typically aren't very muscular but a lot of the guys you see there I feel like like are really like buff yeah and I've never I mean maybe once a month I might see a guy who's as buff as I see there and there you'll see you go there for a couple hours you'll see like 50 60 like really really 
muscular guys. Yeah, I think like in in Korea, there was places people would go to show off their beach bods. Yeah, yeah. There was um, a uh, Hamilton pool. Well, there was the Hamilton pool, and there was a place called uh, Caribbean Bay. And that was like a water park and people would go there just to lounge around and show their muscles and show, you know, the, the girls that got like plastic surgery would go there too. Um, I think Suma beach is probably the place. The closest place. Yeah. The closest place. The, um, but for some reason there isn't like a stuffy vibe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, people seem friendly. They don't feel like stuck up or they don't feel, but I think also too, it's probably people that do like the beach thing, but aren't maybe super wealthy. Yeah. Well, that's what the second half of this is going to be about. It's kind of like the social class structure and, um, this whole unique part of Japan that again, I, I only maybe read about once or twice that we'll kind of get into. All right, cool. Well, um, we have a unique song for the break. Um, and we'll let you listen to it and see, uh, see what you think. Yeah. And then when we come back, we'll come back with, um, David has an interesting topic. He wants to talk about Enjoy. There's a lover's leap in old Japan Where the lovers walk along the sand Hand in hand at Sumahama Sumahama Born a lovely oriental daughter Never ever having met her father and we're back we are and uh david has a very unique thing to talk about um this is one of his favorite things i think about japan is that what yeah, category a, you consider it yeah favorite thing about japan i haven't done one of these in a long time i think and uh i was gonna ask um my wife and uh her sister today for some recommendation to get like a girl's take on it but then i had an epiphany and my favorite thing about Japan for this week is the uniforms in Japan. Um, I guess Japan is kind of a uniform culture. I've only been thinking about this topic for about an hour. And you think about like the salary man, right? Wearing the suit. And that's like the uniform of Japan, which is totally ununique. Besides that, they only wear black and white. You would never wear like a, a colored shirt. Yeah. I went to a dry cleaner once actually and my white shirt was like a dollar fifty and that's what was advertised. And I thought, okay, yeah, not bad. And my bill was crazy high and I got it back and any shirt that had any color in it that wasn't white was like four dollars. Wow. I guess it's so rare that someone would bring a, a colored dress shirt. Yeah. So there's that famous um but again with Japan two point our our focus is always going past the obvious or going deeper. And yeah, when I came out here, I kind of found out that uh, there's a lot of uniforms and especially with like blue collar workers, um, the uniforms are pretty different from anything I've ever seen back home. Yeah. Uh, the one that stands out most to me, my favorite one is easily the construction worker. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're cool. Um, if you remember, I've maybe talked about it before, but Jinkos are these really baggy flared jeans popular in the early nineties. Um, and they are definitely like Jinko style, but I guess they're not bell bottom cause they're just big, even at the top. But, um, yeah, they were these massive, massive, massive baggy pants with the, uh, ninja toe shoes. I can't remember the name. Two something is the name of the ninja shoes, but basically they're like the sock or the shoe with the, 
part between the big toe and the other toes. So you have that. You could tell, I mean, if you go to like a Gudon place or something, you could tell the group of construction workers because they're, they really do wear these crazy clothes. And they're kind of Suma Beach style too. A lot of them are a little bit more tan and I'm sure it's And they have bleach bleach hair. They bleach their hair as well. So it's very fitting for this episode. I think they wear those toe shoes because in the old days, and I've seen it recently too i mean they still do this sometimes but they use bamboo scaffolding yeah and then they they climb up this bamboo oh, scaffolding like, i don't think and, it's like fashion or anything i think it's just very useful for the job for climbing up buildings and yeah yeah the construction workers here is kind of stereotype but they kind of are ninjas like i see them doing stuff that we would be using machines for for sure i'm they, sure they don't get a lot of people talking about them but i mean i think it's really fascinating they they always have like towels with them mm-hmm. as well uh, a lot of times they have them like around their heads yeah, yeah, or they yeah. wear them kind of like a scarf. Yeah. Um, sometimes they have their like those Junko jumpers like unzipped and they're like hanging yes. down. Yeah, like so it's like this one piece suit and yeah, they just like unzip it. And, they, and maybe well, I just see them on their lunch break usually. So I don't know if they do like that on the job or they're just letting loose on their lunch break, cooling down, you know. But yeah, yeah, there's a lot of construction in my neighborhood and I see them all the time, but they're always doing doing that. yeah, yeah. yeah. And then sometimes they do that. They do a towel around their head, and then they have two like Princess Leia buns. <laughs> no, guys with two. Yeah, they'll do like these. Huh. Not like their hair is in the buns. Yeah, yeah. The towel is I in a bun, you know. And um, and I I don't know why they do that. I don't know, but I only see construction workers doing that. Huh. Well, yeah, you bring up other points, which are like just the jumpsuits in general. I see a lot of dudes wearing jumpsuits who don't look like they're. I guess for me back home, if I think a jumpsuit, yeah, I think you're doing something like construction. But these people seem like they're, they don't look like they're dirty or covered in paint or that sweaty. They definitely have like an indoor job. And there's like these minty green uh, jumpsuits. If you think of Game Center CX. Yeah, it's a, one of our favorite TV shows. It's a, a guy that plays like um, video games. Mm-hmm. And he kind of, he's wearing though like this blue collar worker yeah, uh, jumpsuit. This is exactly what I'm talking about. I think it's like a thing. It's like this blue collar uniform. And he's, I think the idea of that show is that he is this blue collar worker at a company and his job is to play these games. I think if you work at like a factory or someplace that does like printing or something yeah. like that, that would probably be the kind of, um, I think I see people wearing it who would be like above even, again, I don't think they always work with their hands. I think, yeah, like you might work in the office at one of those places as well and they're wearing them too. And it's kind of really interesting. I guess it's like a different, um class association or something you know like yeah so those are cool um ramen shop workers they wear the boots like these rain boots even inside the shop you know those ones yeah yeah because i guess they could just throw water on the floor and clean the floor really easily yeah they're kind of known for wearing like um bandanas on their heads as well yeah. like I, I think it's cool style um one of my favorite characters from uh a manga naruto mm. uh he wears like the he looks like a ramen worker you know yeah. uh and uh uh, there's a lot of like the ramen workers. That's a stereotypical look, you know. Yes, it is. This is my point. Like, there's so many of these like special jobs, especially uniforms. It doesn't matter what company you work for. It's kind of like, well, if you do this line of work, you're gonna wear this very, very unique subset of clothing. You know. Yeah. It's not a t-shirt. It's not pants. It's like this specialized thing. And I always would like to see it come out in like mainstream fashion. You know, like in a future episode, we're always saying future episodes, but one would be about. Um, Hanazonocho area, you know, and Nishinari, and I. A lot of those shops are there where you can buy those clothes. Oh, and Osaka, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And well, I always want to go. I've never gone in. But we should go sometime. Yeah, 
Um, I think, you know, if you want to get an idea and if you've ever seen the Beastie Boys um, intergalactic intergalactic video, they're basically, they went to like a a hardware store or something and they picked up like Japanese workmen outfits, you know? I mean, those are the kind of kind of stuff you see like people wearing when they're working on the street or mm. the street workers, like the guys that work in um, the sewers and stuff. They all wear these jumpsuits and the, the same hats. And the I feel like there's some kind of like sense of pride in it. Like, I feel like we as Westerners, we like change maybe on the way to work or going home. Like it's so different just from modern Western clothing that I feel like, yeah, you might be a little embarrassed to be wearing that out to the grocery store or something, but People here, again, I think maybe wear a sense of pride of it. Uh, it's probably a good job to have. I mean, you probably get paid pretty well. I mean, at least well enough to live in a nice, nicer neighborhood. And, yeah, I don't you know. know. I'm not sure about the construction one, but I think the other, these jumpsuits we're talking about, yeah, are pretty generally respectable jobs. My realtor wore like a full denim jumpsuit. Whoa. And <laughs> she was showing us around and stuff. And, and I used to make jokes when I'd, I'd, I'd be like, oh, I bet she's going to be wearing her denim jumper again. Yeah. And sure enough, she was. And then I realized once she, she quit and there, I, we got a new person who yeah. handles like our, our apartment and everything. Were they wearing the same thing? And they wear that oh, jumper. Okay. It's like the work uniform for the place. But huh. I think it, actually I thought she was really cool, yeah, it's cool wearing that. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, man, she seems like a cool lady <laughs> and she's wearing this crazy, this crazy jumper, you know? Cool. Or um, I guess coveralls. I guess mm. you might call them denim coveralls. Anyway, that's just the tip of the iceberg with the uniforms. I'm sure there's I mean, even you, more we could talk about. School uniforms yeah, and yeah, all that yeah. stuff. You know, I mean, uh, I think probably their their um, the airport or the stewardess uniforms are pretty yeah, very pretty, proper yeah. as well too, right? With the hat sometimes too. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's just one of the cool things about Japan that that I like and. Maybe we'll come back. Maybe we'll do a part two sometime. We'll think of some more. But yeah. And after the break, we're going to come back with more Suma. Uh, hope you're enjoying the music. As you probably realize right now, it's not a typical choice for Japan 2.0. Breaking one of our rules. Yeah. So we'll be back after this. Perhaps you'll find love there Somewhere between the earth, the sky, and water There at Suma Sumahama In the autumn as the leaves are falling One can almost hear the lovers calling From the sea at Sumahama Alright, and this episode we kind of have a theme going, you know, we're kind of building. We talked about kind of these middle class or blue collar uniforms and yeah, it's Typically, those are the people that are uh, hanging out at Suma, I- I'm pretty sure. And um, I'd heard of this word, Yankee, used before. Uh, we talk about Neo-Japanism a lot. Um, we were inspired by them. But yeah, I-, I heard about, like, Yankee culture was, like, getting popular in um, Japan. And how would you best describe Yankee culture or Yankees? Like- I mean, whenever I think of Yankee, I think of, like, uh, the school, um, the high school, um guys with the pompadours yeah, they, yeah. they're in anime and manga especially when I was coming up like 80s and 90s anime and manga they often had these Yankee kids yeah. and they were school baseball, like high school guys holding baseball, bat holding time, baseball right? bats yeah, they squatting were, yeah squatting down they sometimes have bandages wrapped around yeah, their waist yeah, yeah. you know and um, they have these big pompadours like this yeah. big crazy hair yeah. and um, it's kind of I, 
I guess I don't see a lot of like Yankee Yankees, you know, like around. But when you told me like Suma had Yankee kind of culture, I was surprised. And now that I've been here, like I could kind of understand what you were talking about. Mm. So I think for me, I had a misconception about what the word was and talking to native Japanese speakers has helped me. And um, Yankee is technically like borderline Yakuza or like training kind of not training officially but in the mindset of like it's like a delinquent who's not going to do well in school they're not going to go to college they might not even finish high school and their plan in life yeah is to be like yakuza um bosozoku is another subset of that that we'll, we'll talk about later but um yeah it definitely has like a gangster association or like a wannabe gangster on the path to be a gangster um, where I don't think, I think 95% of the people at Sima Beach are definitely not considering being a gangster. However, like the style and the clothing and stuff is similar. They're not wearing the get up maybe Matt was talking about exactly, but it's more like of a, a casual version of that, you know. A lot of really flashy clothing, Armani, Don Quixote, which was our um, section of our last episode, our little segment. This is like the place where Sima people shop to get their uniforms, you know. Yeah. A lot of them show their underwear from their bathing suit. Have you noticed that one at all? Yeah, yeah. So their underwear is higher up than their bathing suit. Girls and, and guys, actually. And they'll have, like, very, like, expensive brand names. I've also heard of Yonki described as, like, white trash, like Asian trash, you know? Um, but I think there is a slight sense of pride in recent years, in, like, the last five years since, like, the economy's been bad that um, more and more like celebrities in Japan have come from that class or they represent that style actually mm. and yeah they're allowing I, I guess society in general like will accept them as being cool enough to be celebrities now musicians and stuff which is kind of interesting I guess like like an M&M type would be a western comparison like someone who came from their low class and they kind of wear that with pride still and people accept that and think it's cool and they have people imitating that yeah and they become fashionable and they start they have clothing lines and all that stuff yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. so i guess for me though it's just like the complete opposite of what i thought about japan um i thought japan's a very wealthy country a very very classy place you know value education you see people reading all the time here out in public like compared to back home i can't say those things you know um and we lived in Korea, and I never really noticed, like, a, a lower-class culture of Korea at all when I was there. Just, like, everyone was middle-class, and some people were rich. But I saw, like, homeless people, you know, but I didn't really see, like, a class system in Korea. In Japan, I can see this kind of – I can look at people and say, oh, yeah, they're kind of maybe, you know, they don't make them – a ton of money in the world. I see other people and think, oh yeah, they're kind of like well off. And yeah. the majority of people, yeah, are middle class. But I don't know. I guess it's, it was kind of surprising to me. Did you feel that way at all? Or I mean, I kind of always wonder, like when I come to Suma, that like where do these people go? You know, I mean, we kind of mentioned that earlier. And where, I, where do they work? Because all yeah, day long, where do they work? There, yeah. uh, and when I'm in Osaka, I see like all oh, these guys are super tan, or they look kind of like they could be a Suma person, bleach hair, maybe like maybe they have some kind of beach like necklace or mm-hmm. something, and. Um, Usually it's construction workers or somebody working at a restaurant, yeah. like a takoyaki guy, you know. Yeah. Or um, so I wonder, like, what do they do, like, when they leave Suma? And it's kind of a mystery. I don't know if you have like any answer, but um, I, I, it's 
it's kind of like fascinating to me. And in some ways I kind of don't want to know the answer because it's just like the Summa people come from all over, you know, and they just congregate here, you know, for two days or two months. And then they, they go about their way and they, they come back, you know, and see their friends, you know, year after year. Yeah. I want to say just a a bit of a disclaimer, which I know like the Summa people aren't called Yankee. It's, there is some word to describe it. I just, it's escaping me right now, but it's kind of like a similar culture. Um, second is I've, I don't have a full answer, so I won't totally disappoint your, um, the mystery. Yeah. It'll still be a bit of a mystery. But what I've heard is the majority of them are like either they work in like the night businesses, whether it's bars or some shadier things perhaps, but yeah, they generally, a lot of them are just bar workers. So okay. Bar I'll, workers. Cause I, yeah. Cause I, I love live, hotels probably. And cause I live here and I, I go there on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and there's people partying and drinking all, all day. Yeah. And it was a huge, I was like, what's going on? How, like, I don't, I'm a teacher, right? So I have off in the summers, but what are these people doing all day? You know? Yeah. They're like adults or in their thirties. And yeah. So I think a lot of them have like night, night jobs, you know? Yeah. Um, do you think they have jobs that they just take time off and then they come back, you know, like, no, because they're so tan. I I was kind of hitting on this before and I got sidetracked, but the real hardcore Simba people I see coming there a month before the bars come up to start getting the tan ready. Um, I'm sure there's fake tanning places here, but I don't really see a lot of them, you know? Yeah, so I, most people don't want to have tans. I mean, you see a lot of people going out with parasols, so like especially women. And again, another thing that is like seems so special. Yeah, in general, in Asia and Japan's no exception. Like being pale is considered like high class or good here. You know? Yeah. Um, I don't know anyone in in Korea who liked being tan. Mm-mm. And I think again, it's another thing that really makes Japan very different from Korea is that. Uh, there's an appreciation for tan, tan skin here. You know? Yeah, I mean, from California, tans are very, you know, right. very attractive or seen as very attractive. So for me, like, I like it. I feel it's good. Yeah, of course. You know, it's a good thing. It makes me feel more at home, I think, here where there's, it's not seen as this horrible thing, you know? Right. Um, now, before we leave Suma, I mean, yeah. how does the rest of Suma compare? Like, rest of Suma what would you consider, like, I'm sure you have some opinions on yeah the rest of Suma I think is like any small Japanese town I mean I, I wanted to say one thing before like I think in general Kansai is more of a working class place than Tokyo you know um, Osaka especially I think is known as like a very big working class city yeah um, which I think is interesting and when I go out to Tokyo, I never see the super tan, uh, blonde hair people. I've made, I've paid attention every day. I, I do it on purpose. Well, I think that fad's kind of come and gone. I think there was a time when you'd come to, right. to Tokyo. But we and see we still see it all the time here. But though, that's like that fake makeup tan stuff you're talking about. That's the Harajuku girls and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah you know? but there's that. But what I'm talking go, about go, is just... Gurus or whatever they're called. Um, Garu. Yeah. Garus, yeah. But just the... Just I don't see really tan, like, bad beach jobs out in Tokyo. And here, it's not only sumo. Like, go to Osaka, go to the areas we hang out in Osaka, you're going to see a handful of people every every day like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, I think, again, sumo is very Kansai kind of place, you know? And 
I wonder if it's just like we're behind Tokyo, you know, by a couple of years. And maybe that was bigger in Tokyo like 10 years ago or five years ago. Um, but I think it's unique and it's a bit like anti-Tokyo, you know, this whole working class, the kind of people that hang out, you know, at Suma. Yeah. As for the rest of Suma, I mean, again, it's a sleepy, quiet, normal town. For me, it, it's nothing special. But I guess when I go out to Osaka or hear from you guys, like I guess there are like a lot of houses here, you know, not like apartment complexes. You see houses, things are pretty spread out. A lot of people have big dogs, like golden retrievers and labs and things like that. But I don't know if it's that much. Besides those things, I would say it's a pretty normal, quiet, small town in Japan, you know? Yeah, um, it's got mountains. Um, you yeah. know, it's it's got. Uh, we've done some hikes on the mountains. It was a really good hike where we were climbing the stairs. It's a bunch of these steps that go up yeah. into the hills. Yeah, people call it the Suma Alps. Is like the nickname for it. It's got definitely. I think a west. For it being a small little town, there's like a western vibe to it. I see a lot of foreigners who live here. Yeah. You know, um, not associated, you know, with where we are now or anything. But like, yeah, I just see a lot of foreigners here. When I see foreigners on the train and they're still on the train with me, as we hit Suma, I'm like, yeah, they're going to get off that Suma. So I think there is some kind of like, something about it is good for Western mentality. Again, I think well, things are kind of spread out and big. And What's the name of that house? There's a special house in Suma. That's uh, kind it's, of, it's technically kind of well in Shioya, which is one stop after. It's called the Guggenheim House. Okay. And it's a very artsy place. Like, it, it's very out of place. I mean, it's not really, I don't think there's an artistic vibe here at all. Um... But yeah, the Shoya House is very, very artistic. There's a lot of weird bands that play there, avant-garde stuff. I finally went, went out there. The album artwork for the last episode, a conversation with John, was from the Guggenheim House. Oh, cool. It's um, a somen bamboo shoot. Somen are cold noodles. Yeah. And you scoop it up with chopsticks as it's going down and you eat them. There's a big line of people and there's people like cutting in front of you and you know what that? It's no, like some classic that sounds summer. awesome. Yeah, yeah. A lot of Matsuris have that. And, um, yeah, I haven't seen that yet. Anyway, uh, there's some special places that represent that foreign community, though, that I want you to, you to talk about, which is your favorite hot dog you've ever had in your life, right? <laughs> well, yeah, it was actually very, it was very delicious. I used to live in Suma. We haven't hit on that. Yeah, lived I, for, I lived here for about a month, and um, it... I really like living here. And in fact, my wife and I have considered like if we get an opportunity to come out this way, we, we might try to do it. Um, we kind of like we're we like living in the city. It's really nice. But we also like a bit of the quiet life. And um, especially as we're getting older, you know, uh, Suma is such a peaceful place and the air is fresh. And um, there's a hot dog place that kind of embodies everything that Suma <laughs> offers. Oh, um Actually, it's very a foreign, very foreign place. Yeah. It's called uh, Copenhagen. That's the name of it. Yep. And um, there's a man that works there, and he's oh, kind yeah. of a famous foreigner. He's, um, he's the owner, yeah. And he's probably, I guess, from Denmark. Or, he's from Denmark. And um, he he's very talkative, and he's really excited to see like foreigners. And um, he, he came up to my wife and I once when we were walking on the street, and he started telling us about Suma Power. Yes. And Suma Power comes from um, the fact that Suma has the mountains and it has the the ocean merging together, and they're merging together right to create like you know a chi smorgasbord, yeah. and that each uh, and each hot dog is infused with this <laughs> Suma Power. <Yeah. laughs> he didn't say that, but that's basically like the 
the vibe we were getting that he was really into living here and he was really passionate about how great sumo was and he's passionate about life he's a very happy man and if any things to be said for the things he practices like sumo power then maybe it's true you know? and, and his i mean his hot dogs are delicious and you can't front on that you know he has a free smile on the menu it's one of my favorite parts yeah yeah, yeah the hot dogs everything and there's a smile free yeah, if you come to Suma Beach and you're going to go to the beach, a hot dog, I can't think of a better thing to eat than a than a hot dog. Yeah, I recommend the kimchi hot dog. Kimchi hot dog is yeah. delicious, yeah. Um, he's a great guy. He'll, he'll find you before you can find him. Yeah, yeah. and you'll see him before. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's a big picture, he's picture of this guy as you get outside of the station. Big white face. Just follow that. You can't miss it. But that's a great way to end on Suma Power. Yeah. Um, Highly recommend it. If you come out to Kansai, you should definitely check out Suma. If you come unique. out, if you come out during, um, you know, during the holiday or when they set up the the beach, yeah. that's definitely the time to come. Yeah, you can do windsurfing. It's like a big, one of big, but it's one of the main activities there. Fishing, if you're into fishing. Fishing. I can't believe we didn't talk about Nampa. Nampa's flirting, which is a big thing there. But I'll find another time to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> the moment has passed. Um, Anyway, let's do a little house cleaning. Um, yeah, you can find us all over the internet. We're at uh, Japan 2.0 at, um, on iTunes. Um, you could spell out Japan 2.0 and uh, Blogspot, right? And just if you click on this podcast, you'll see the notes on there. Um, we're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Yeah, not Blogspot, but it's WordPress. WordPress. Yeah, yeah. Oh, damn. But um, that's been going good. We get a lot of people liking us on there. And yeah, a shout out to all the WordPress people. You know, um, we've had some comments and some people have been uh, real cool on there. Some new subscribers, you know. Yeah. And things are uh, going good. Yeah. In Japan, 2.0 land. Yep. And so, more to come. More to come. Uh, keep on listening, and we'll keep on bringing you the real Japan. And until next time, I'm Matt. I'm David. Sumahama. Oh, uh, yes. Before we go, we should talk about our song, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Left in a weird yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, if you noticed, it's the Beach Boys, and uh, it's a song about Suma. It is. I don't remember if it was like re- recorded here or they, they had just visited Japan. But the song is called Sumahama. Hama means beach in Japanese. And uh, yeah, believe it or not, the Beach Boys did a song about Sumahama. Do you know, was it written by Brian Wilson? or I don't know who the writer was. I'll include it in the show notes. But um, so, yeah, it's a Beach Boys song. I'm sure they record. I don't think it's a cover or anything, you know? Yeah. Um, well, it's our first non-Japanese it is, uh, song. It must be special. I never hear anyone talking about the song Suma. It's a little known secret. So again, it's two two oral exclusives in one podcast for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, and once again, I'm Matt. This is David. Until next time. See ya. Water there and so